when we do life together, we're going to hurt each other. That's part of being human. And not that it's even intentional, but we live in a fallen world. And so forgiveness is this piece that goes along with confession that is essential when we live in community. Because when we get hurt or we hurt someone, we have to have this place of confession and forgiveness so that we can have restored relationship. We're going to talk about that and more today. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are continuing our discussion about confession and forgiveness. And while we're primarily talking about confession, forgiveness is a big part of that because of course the they go hand in hand. So when we confess our sins, either to God or to another believer, um, and we're asking them for forgiveness or we're asking God for forgiveness, those two things, can, one can't happen without the other. And so we're talking about confession and forgiveness in terms of it being driven by love, not by fear. That's not why we ask for forgiveness or we confess something. We're not doing it out of fear. We're always doing it with this this goal of love in mind because God is love. And so it's not always even love for the other person but it's in response to God's love for us. And then in response to God's love for us and our love for him, we desire to be in primarily right relationship with him and then secondarily right relationship with others. And so our confession is really only possible because of God's love. Like the whole idea of it is only 
primarily first because of of how God loves us. So I'm going to read some scripture today. We see this both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and we're going to start from this lens of God's love for us. So I'm reading from Hosea. This is chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. When Israel was a child, I loved him. Now keep in mind, this is the personification of Israel, but we're thinking about Israel in terms of God's chosen holy people, which we are a part of that. We are adopted in through Christ. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. They sacrificed to the Baals and they burned incense to images. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms. But they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek and I bent down to feed them. I love this short passage because it gives us this picture of God as father. So it's talking about Israel as a child out of Egypt. I called my son, but then it's talking about how um, God's people, God's chosen people, Israel, they then sacrificed to other gods and they turned their back on God. And yet it was God was, was the one who, who, um, gave them everything that they had, gave them a place to live, um, walked with them. But they didn't realize the blessing that they had in God's provision and God's protection. And so I love verse four. It says, I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek. I bent down to feed them. What a picture of a good father. I I remember so clearly the days when my babies were little. They're all teenagers now. And uh, I don't know if they would let me get cheek to cheek with them. But then when they were little and they would get hurt, um, they would really respond, of course, to the comfort that came from my husband or I reaching down to to comfort them, to, you know, put their cheek against our cheek to, to lovingly embrace them. And so that's this picture that we see of the love of the father, that this um, idea of forgiveness and confession and restoration is really a byproduct of God's great love for us. So in the New Testament, I want to read from 1 John uh, chapter 4, and this is verses 7 through 19. It's a little bit longer, but I think it does a good idea or a good, a good way to kind of show this idea of what I'm talking about. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sin. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and we rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. 
This is how love is made complete so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. And so what we see here is this picture of restoration when there has been uh, a damage, a sin, sin problem within the relationship. And I love that it talks about how it's not about punishment. It's about restoration. And so this idea of sin and unforgiveness goes together just like confession and forgiveness go together. And so this idea of confession is not about avoiding punishment. It's about restoration. I remember when I was first in ministry, and you might have heard me tell this story if you've heard me speak in person, um, but one of our dear um, older pastors who was a retired pastor, and his role was really just um, to mentor those that were in ministry and leadership at the time. He and his wife had been doing ministry for decades, and I remember I had had an interaction with somebody in the church that had said something and done something that was hateful. And, and, you know, of course it would be tempting to think like, Oh, you serve in church and everybody's happy and everybody loves each other. That's sometimes not the case. Um, and sometimes when you're a shepherd, uh, sheep can bite, especially if you are trying to lead them in a place that they are struggling with or have some sin in. But anyway, I had this woman that was just made a real hateful comment towards me. And I think it was over paint colors or something dumb like that, that I had used for the kids room. And so when she said it, I was really, um, just discouraged. And she was somebody that was known to constantly say belittling marks and was very hypercritical and, um, you know, just had this air about her. And I remember sitting down, it was a Wednesday night, uh, before service and I sat down next to this older pastor's wife and she looked at me and she said what's wrong she could see it on my face and I said oh I just had a run in with so and so and she said oh what'd she say and so I told her and she said oh I hate that she said does that make you feel like you want to hate her and I said I was surprised to hear that and I said yeah she said let's hate her for a minute and so we did. We said, I was like, am I allowed to do this? But I thought, well, she's got more experience than me. So we sat there hating for a minute. And she said, that feels kind of good, doesn't it? And I said, yeah. And she said, okay, now you need to forgive her. And I was like, oh, I don't want that part. She said, I know. She said, you, you know, get your humanness out. And now you, you got to forgive her. And I said, I don't, I don't want to. And she said, well, um, that's what the Holy Spirit's for. And um, you know, not that that woman ever came and even asked for forgiveness. In fact, she's still, I don't, I don't go to that same church anymore. So she's still, but I hear she's still kind of like that. She's never going to come to me and ask for forgiveness. But, um, I, I sat there in my sin and, you know, it was in my heart before I, we expressed it out loud. But it was a really good way for me to kind of take a peek into the emotion behind that. And, I realized through that whole process that me confessing that sin of hating her and then going through the process of forgiving her, it wasn't about her. 
it was about my relationship with God. It was about a wound and a hurt and some bitterness that without that interaction with that pastor's wife, I don't know that I would have taken that to the Lord. I don't know that I would have resolved it. And what probably would have happened is I would have allowed the seed of bitterness and resentment uh, to grow. And it's the this whole idea of forgiveness and confession its goal is to get us out of that place where we allow those things to grow. And the things, sometimes it's things we don't even realize. Sometimes it could be big things. Sometimes it's little things like that. Um, but forgiveness itself doesn't necessarily mean an emotion. It doesn't mean that those things aren't going to hurt anymore. If I'm perfectly honest, some of the things that that woman has said to me over the years, it still hurts. I have forgiven her, but it still hurts. And I think that the temptation is to think that if we're still hurting, then we failed to forgive them. But hurting in and of itself is not evil. Sometimes we hurt because there is a wound there. We live in a fallen world. And and instead, forgiveness says, I'm going to take that hurt to Jesus. And it might hurt for the for, till we die because we live in a fallen world. But forgiveness says, Jesus, I want you to come into this place. And I want you to examine my heart. And I want you to help me feel this so that I can heal. Because the only way to get to the other side of that, to get through that, to heal from it, is to feel what it's doing. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we haven't forgiven. And so what I want us to think about this week is not making an identity with our pain and dwelling there, but instead processing it, processing those emotions um, and, and at the time, like, honestly, when I forgave that woman, um, it didn't feel any different. I didn't feel like all of a sudden I had forgiven her because forgiveness is not an emotion. It's a choice. It's a choice to be obedient to what God's doing. And it's a choice to confess what's going on in my own heart before the Lord. It's not so much about the other person, but it's about my love for the Lord. And I don't want anything to come in between God and I. I don't want anything to be in this place where it is clouding my vision of him. Because remember, the whole point of the spiritual disciplines is to hear from God more clearly. So as you are going through this process and thinking through, I have a couple things I want to leave with you just to think through. And the first is um, a quote about examining our consciousness with uh, from, from Douglas Steer. And he says, where a soul comes under the gaze of God and where in his silent and loving presence, this soul is pierced to the quick and becomes conscious of the things that must be forgiven and put right before it can continue to love one whose care has been so constant. We are inviting God to move upon the heart and show us areas that need his forgiving and healing touch. I love that because it, it kind of leaves out the other person. And while the original offense or the original hurt was part of the other person, the confession part, the forgiveness part, is about my relationship with God. It's about me restoring that open dialogue and that open restoration so that in that forgiveness there can be healing. So in this experience of opening up ourselves to what 
what that quote calls the gaze of God, where God can look upon our hearts and we can be open and vulnerable before him. We also have to be prepared to deal with the sin that's revealed because in the presence of a holy God, he's going to reveal especially when we're asking him to, he's going to reveal the things that we need to deal with. And so like we talked about this, I think yesterday, there might be a temptation to just do like a general confession and that might save us from hell. It might save us from humiliation and shame as we've asked Jesus to forgive all our sins, but it's not going to get us to a place of healing. It's not going to get us to a place of hearing God's voice more clearly. It may be um, keeping us from, the shame or humiliation of it, but our goal is to go one step further. And so in scripture, people came to Jesus with obvious specific sins and they were forgiven specifically for each one. In our confession to God, we want to bring concrete sins. And by calling them concrete, we're not talking about just like the outward sins, like stealing or, you know, cussing somebody out or whatever it is, but definite sins that are inside the heart, the things that we don't want to even admit that we need to take to God. Um, pride, arrogance, fear, anger, lust, jealousy, all of those things. That's this place where he wants us to get, where we're recognizing our need for confession to him for those things because that's what will get us closer to him and healing that comes on the other side of those things. Father God, thank you for my friend today and for the way that you continue to reveal yourself through your word. Lord God, I thank you that you have the heart of a father that bends down cheek to cheek to lovingly draw us into this place of confession and forgiveness and healing. Lord God, help us not to shy away from this idea of confessing the things, the concrete sins that are sometimes hidden in our heart. God, I pray, would you reveal them to us in the moment so that we can deal with them and confess them and get your forgiveness in the moment, God, because we want right relationship with you. Not so much about the other person, not so much about um, even our shame, but about our love, that it's not about punishment. It's not about anything other than reconciliation with you. God, I thank you and I praise you that you desire this relationship with us, that you long to be cheek to cheek with us. We thank you that you're a good father. I pray that you would help us to see that in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, friends, we'll talk tomorrow. Hey friends, before you go, I just wanted to fill you in on something. I've gotten a lot of questions recently about what's next. People have gone through the She Hears Bible study and they kind of want to have some direction as far as what to do next. Don't worry, I will be writing more studies. But in the meantime, the goal of the She Hears Bible study was to not only help you to learn how to hear Jesus through the example of the six women in the study, but really for you to have a, a set of tools to use that you can apply to other passages of scripture. So what I have available for you on the resources page of my website is a couple different tools to help you do just that. And depending on your budget, there's lots of options. The first option is just a very simple uh, ESV version book of John Bible journal. And so what that is, is on one side, you have the scripture from 
the the whole book of John. So on one side, you have the actual scripture verse by verse. And on the other side, you have places to take notes. And so that's a really easy place to continue doing the color method of study. And if you don't have the colors that we have designated in the study, those are available. I think they're just a couple bucks in the, in the resources page as well. But you can continue to use that color method throughout, you know, one chapter or a, a couple verses. It's a really easy way to do that. And they're small. You can kind of tuck it into your bag. The second resource is similar, except it's all four gospels like that. And so that, that one is done by Hosanna Revival and they're just beautiful. Um, I love them, just the aesthetic of them. They make me feel really special when I'm working in them. And so that's all four of the Gospels. And that's a little bit more expensive because you're getting the whole set. And then the third option, and there's two different price points depending on what you're looking for, is we have journaling Bibles. And so there's the hardcover that are beautifully painted, and then also the leather bound. And what I love about those is when you open them up inside, you will see space in the margins to continue to write. Some people just have a thing about writing in their Bibles. Not me. My Bibles are all marked up. But if you have a thing about writing in your Bibles, this could be a dedicated journaling Bible where you can do the color method and not worry about getting, you know, your study Bible all messed up. And so I pray that those resources bless you. I started putting those in the shop after people started requesting them. And then I realized that I never really told you guys about them unless you private message me. So in case you're looking for what's next, what's more, this is a really good transition after you finish the She Hears Bible Study. I pray that it blesses you. Have a good week, friends. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.